Your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Thank you so much for listening to all of these amazing and exceptional positive imprints. I'm Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. Exceptional people rise to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. Chris Knoll.com. C H R I S N O L E. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. My website is yourpositiveimprint.com. You can listen to the show from my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, or of course, listen from any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or simply your favorite podcast platform. Enjoy the show and get inspired to activate your own positive imprint. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? 18-year-old Daphne Garrity is joining me here today to share her positive imprints. I met Daphne when she was in seventh grade when we did the musical Mary Poppins together. Well, she's decided to hop on board here at Your Positive Imprint and help out with social media postings and trying her artwork out with YPI Media Artwork for a few months until September when she hopes again to leave the continent to provide humanitarian aid around the world. (laughs) And of course, if she can stay on beyond September, that would be so fabulous. And she is doing such a great job. So please check out those posts on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Well, she just recently returned from Zimbabwe where she was activating her positive imprints out there in helping to build a health clinic. This humanitarian aid experience changed her in moving forward, and she's going to share that experience with you today. Well, a big, huge welcome to Daphne as she joins your positive imprint and the show today. Daphne, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> excited to be here. Oh, you have a huge smile on your face. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Let's talk about why, first of all, you chose to go the route so far away from home. Well, I, I've always loved traveling and, and my parents take me traveling. I just make great memories away. I love, I love where I am and that's great, but I also love to go away and travel. But I, as I've always been drawn to Africa. I could not tell you why, but that continent, I just like the people there from what I knew before I went were just like so grateful and kind and happy even though most of them have so little it's always been a very I guess just a happy environment and when I went that was completely reinforced and I have this love now I just I just wanted to try it because why not why not go do something good in a faraway place it'll build character it'll it'll help other people you're gonna learn things from it and it just it was all around a great experience so and I think I knew it was gonna be that way when I even had the idea I was just so excited when I found out about humanitarian XP I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I want to do that that is so cool and so Africa has just always intrigued you Mm -hmm. had you ever been to Africa with your parents no I I I never went to Africa I just I just was always drawn to it I don't 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but you made it happen and you knew you wanted to help. So you you had to fundraise. You had to do your own fundraising in order mm-hmm. to do this humanitarian aid, which is impressive. What did you have to do to prepare as a young person being only 17? Mm-hmm. What did you have to do and were there any fears of going out there being young or were there any maybe health issues that you were told about that you need to take care of before you go over, such as inoculations? I mean, what would you tell a young person that wants to do this type of work? Right. Well, they were very good. This company was very good at at giving us preparation. So they gave us a booklet with some phrases that we may need to use in Shona and Swahili. And I don't remember a lot of them now. I just remember <laughs> Shemwari, which is friend. <laughs> but well, the that's ones... a good word to remember. Yeah, yeah. But they also speak English over there. So it was easy to communicate with locals. They gave us a bunch of information about the country so you had kind of an idea about the culture but health issues was my main concern oh health issues and you don't have your phones they take away your phones which is actually it was great it made the experience so much better for me but I was worried because you know you're in a whole different country as a kid with no contact to your parents and if something did happen then the trip leaders would let you use their phone or or to get a hold of your parent, right? But that was a worry for me going in a teenager in this day and age. It's hard. We rely on our phones so much and we don't even realize it. <laughs> That's true. But That's yeah. Really true. So that and then just health concerns. But they were very good and thorough about what vaccines were required and what vaccines were recommended and yeah, all those things. So I went to the doctors so many times, checking off vaccinations and <laughs> and getting meds for malaria and, and all these different diseases. <laughs> but I felt super prepared after everything was done. I was just, you just had to make sure not to drink the water. You had to buy water from the store. But basically, if you got all your vaccinations and you bought your water, you were fine. One of the kids actually ended up getting sick because they drank the water and we were like, what are you doing? <laughs> the one thing they told you not to do. Um, but yeah, it ju- I think it was just really unsanitary. Um, so yeah. And but. so describe the area you were in. How many families, how many people lived in this area where you were in? We were staying kind of in the heart of the city of Harare. So it didn't seem super rural. It was just foreign to us. And there were different ways of transportation. The roads were crazy. Like the drivers... I was like, what is happening? I could never (laughs) drive in Zimbabwe or I would crash in two seconds. Um, But I mean, the city itself, the the main area where we were staying was pretty populated. It was it was still rural, wasn't uh, it was kind of in between rural and urban. So it was like working towards urban, but still like a little behind. And we would go out to different areas and and visit people that they knew some of the people we were staying with and like just meet with people just to you know connect with the locals one of the areas we went to was extremely rural with like huts that they built out of sticks and cloth and it was almost like a little tribe and then we would go to different area and it would be like just a regular house or it was super spotty but it was usually along the edge of the city where it was extremely rural So when you saw these homes that were huts and made Mm -hmm. of sticks and cloth, and then 
you went to another area, but within the same vicinity, Mm -hmm. there were different houses. Is that because of economical challenges? I... I would think so. I don't know for sure, but I would think so because some people just had a steady job and a good income and some people had nothing and their livelihood was maybe maybe farming or maybe nothing and they were just trying to get by. But I think it very well could be economical. I don't know what else it would be, you know? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So now the... People that you met, they, that just must have been one of the most amazing experiences. And say the word in Swahili again for friend. Shemwari. That's such a pretty word. Isn't it Shemwari. so pretty? Yes. I love it. Uh, I just, I said this earlier, but they're just so happy. The culture in in the area that we were in with the people that I interacted with, the people were just like, it didn't matter what they had or what their circumstance was. They were just so happy to see other people and... And regardless of what that person even meant to them. Uh-huh. So the lady who owned the health clinic, her name is Precious. She didn't know any of us. And she she called us <laughs> her white babies. And she oh, was dear. Just like, <laughs> she was just so, she was like our mama, basically, for that <laughs> for that trip. And, and she was just so loving. And even the kids that we knew nothing about, they just like, after we came out of the work site, they came out and they were like, Oh my gosh, they're just so excited to see us. Some of them didn't even speak English, but it was, they just were so happy. Precious, she was setting up a health clinic. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the health clinic. Okay. What is the health clinic for and who is it going to serve? Uh, Everyone in the community. She kept going on and on telling us about how the community is going to be so blessed when this is finished because the tiny, tiny health clinic that is currently being used has... I think two operating rooms like the size of closets and then one delivery room that is just a little bit bigger and then the storage room which is also her office and then the waiting area so it's super tiny accommodating for all these people and and about how many people would it accommodate do you think probably a hundred thousand okay so very limited health care exactly and so this new one that we're building is probably five times if not more the size and it has different wings so there's a maternity wing there's all these different areas that where they can accommodate for different people and their and their needs so it was just so cool seeing the blueprints and then walking in the different rooms that have already been um structured and worked on and she was just so excited and yeah it was the coolest experience well, and that, that is exciting because it's something <laughs> tangible exactly. for you to be able to go back mm-hmm. and visit someday or to see pictures or right. even see it on the internet and say, wow, that is what I did. So mm-hmm. what was your part in it? So they they had these construction workers. They were so funny. They were just the coolest. <laughs> and they were so patient with us because we, we are these kids. We don't know anything. I mean, first of all, we're trying to learn the culture. We're trying to learn some of the language. We're trying to even know how to do construction work in general. But um, they were so patient with us and they were so funny and very friendly. And they would just kind of show us with the tools, how to mix mortar and cement and how to lay bricks and just kind of like, I guess, build it. And then after the brick walls were built up, we would put mortar on the walls and smooth it out. And so it just looked more like a building, you know? 
I don't even think that I've ever heard you talk about doing that type of work. Yeah. So no. this was new to you. <laughs> Never done construction in my life. But now when I see construction work, because I'm like, oh, they're mixing mortar. I could do that. <laughs> Probably not as good as they could, but I could still do that. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So yeah. then you were able to lay the bricks and start building the, literally mm-hmm. building the foundation right. of this clinic. So when do you think the clinic or when is the proposed date? It should be finished. Just the building itself should be finished by the end of this next summer, I think. Oh, and do you have plans but to return? I don't. I wanted to, but it is a lottery system. So you put your top 10 picks of where you want to go in humanitarian XP when you're registering. You put your top 10 picks of the places you want to go and then it puts them in a lottery system. Luckily, Zimbabwe was my first pick and I got the week I wanted and the trip I wanted. So that was super cool. Since it's a lottery system, I don't know how realistic it would have been to go again. I would have loved to though. Um, But yeah. Do you think three weeks was enough? Enough for you to know no and what would you want to live there for a while so that you could really put in your positive imprints and and do more would be the coolest honestly I mean I've of course I want to go back and visit at least several times in my life but if I could go live there the government is a little bit scary for me over there but I just the people there I if if the government was a little more stable, then of course I'd be like, yes, send me back there, please, right now. <laughs> yeah. So as far yeah. as safety, three weeks was, was plentiful for you. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, I am just so excited that you decided to activate your positive imprints. So what were your visits like with Precious? Precious, well, we saw her almost every day because we went to the work site every day and we just we're working and Precious would come and check up on us and talk with us and talk about our lives and tell us about her life and then how excited she was about the clinic and what this room would do and what that room would do. So it really was just spontaneously whenever she could come in and check on the work site and and all that. We each had a cool friendship with her as individuals and as a group. So it wasn't it wasn't like she was in charge of us or like she had this hierarchy or authority over us. It was more like very very much equity, very equal ground, very much love and friendship, regardless of age. And yeah, I just thought it was so cool. And do you keep in touch with your shamwari? Well, some of them, yes, actually through social media. Um, I should write to Precious, though. I keep in contact with my trip leader. She's the best. But I should write to her. Why haven't I written to her? I could do that today. (laughs) Well, it's your senior year in high school. You got busy. It's busy. And you came back when school had already started. Right. So you had a lot to make up. Right, right. So I, I should do that. For the most part, I keep in touch with a lot of the kids in my group who we went with. And then one of the native, native Zimbabweans who has Instagram, his name's Elijah. We keep in touch every so often. Your experience was obviously something that changed you. So how mm-hmm. do you think it changed you moving forward now? Mm-hmm. For one, hard work. My dad has always been like, Garrity's are hard workers. This is what we do. And so I've kind of had that instilled in me. But when we went to Africa, for sure hard work. I mean, working in construction all day. And it was enjoyable because there was a positive, I guess, outcome that we had in mind and we were doing it with our friends and in this new culture. And it was, it was fun for me. 
it it shaped me in working harder. It shaped me in having a more, I guess, confident mindset, reaching out to people and and speaking to them, speaking to strangers and and trying to, I guess, connect with more people living in the present because we didn't have phones. We were all in the like focused in the present and there wasn't so much going on and so many distractions with electronics and stuff like that. So I remember that feeling that I had over there and I want to live in the present now. And I guess I guess the biggest one is just wanting to connect with people, especially those who are in need and those who I don't know. That is so awesome. I love, I absolutely love, Daphne, what you said about living in the present mm-hmm. and not worrying about frivolous types of conversation, which is still fun conversation, but not as imperative as, and as important as what you were doing at that moment in that present time. Right. So are you more cognizant about living in the present and not pulling out that phone every second? Mm-hmm. I think I've kind of gone back into my old habits. I'm more aware of it now, which is good because before I left, I just had my habits of being on a screen and mindlessly scrolling and not, or even if I wasn't on my phone and I like heard a ding go off, I would be like, oh, I wonder who that was. And my brain would like lose focus or lose its train of thought from what conversation I was in or what assignment I was doing. But now I'm aware of it. I've fallen back into those old habits, but I, being aware of it is a start, right? To, I guess, be better. So when I, when I am on my phone for too long or something like that, or, or something goes off and I am having a conversation, I'm trying to be present I just try to silence it or I'm not perfect at it, but I am, I'm a lot more aware of it, especially with my brothers. When I'm hanging out with my two youngest brothers, I want them to feel heard and appreciated. Again, moving forward, you want to have a reason for what you're doing and you're recognizing that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about when you returned. Mm-hmm. How did you inspire the other folks in your community when you returned. Yeah, I was just talking about it. I just kept remembering stories and and memories that happened and I'd tell a story that relates to this situation or I'd see a picture and I'd be like, that looks like this part of Zimbabwe. I was just raving about it nonstop. And I still bring it up every once in a while. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That reminds me of the experience that I had in Zimbabwe. I guess I was raising awareness about it. In my youth group, they asked me to give like a presentation about my experience and so that was super cool I guess just raising awareness that there are people who need help and there are experiences even I mean humanitarian xp was great but there are even more groups that take kids and allow kids to go and be exposed to that and and want to make changes and want to help you know so I guess just raising awareness well and that's important Daphne it's hard to change people's focus Mm -hmm. and to raise that awareness in letting people know that there's more out there. And of course, no person is an island to himself. Mm -hmm. And that is something that's important as well, because we do live in a society where we think of ourselves before we think of others. Right. And we try to raise awareness to change that. And you are obviously doing that (laughs) and you have done that to help change the world and your positive imprints have been laid 
mm-hmm. and they are there forever. Yeah. They will never go away. And But one thing that you can do, I learned this from my mother. I have my journal here. Get your journal and write down those memories. As you get busier in life, some of those memories become well, more fade. distant. Right, right. Yeah. Continue to share those because your experience is definitely part of raising awareness yeah. in what's needed around the world, our world. Right, right. And one of the cool things about humanitarian XP is they encourage journaling every day, what you did. So I have a journal actually from... Oh, good. Yeah, I'm, I should go through that. Oh, all, I love doing this because now I am having all these memories <laughs> of things that I should do when I get home after this. But we did, I did, I don't know about the other kids, but I wrote every day what we did and how I felt and who I interacted with. And it was just such a cool experience. So I'm glad that they did encourage that because you're absolutely right. You're, you'll forget if you don't document it. And it's cool to go back to and read them and remember those times and those experiences that you did have. So, Absolutely. And sometimes when you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm doing enough. Mm-hmm. And then you find that old journal and you say, oh my gosh, I really did mm-hmm. do quite a bit. Well, now I'm going to go back out and I'm going to do more. So is there anything else about the trip, about your humanitarian aid that we didn't cover that you'd like to share? Let me see. Oh, we actually did. Oh my gosh. This is probably my favorite part of the trip, actually. <laughs> Our group was different from the others in that we had... We had this guy named Enos, who was basically the security guard of the work site. But the kids would always try and hop over the walls and play with us. But first of all, the equipment was dangerous for them to be around because they didn't have hard hats and things like that that we had. And they didn't know how to, you know, nails on the ground. They didn't have shoes on. So he's like telling the kids to go away. Precious found him. He just got laid off as a cook because the economy was super down and he was homeless. He had his, his daughters with him and Precious found him and started talking to him. And and I don't know how it came about, but eventually she was like, hey, why don't you come work for me on the work site? You can get $50 a week and you can just make sure that everything's good on there and help with whatever construction needs to be done. And I think he's been there for five years. Wow. But so we we took a picture of his house that he'd been living in, propped up with sticks again and blankets. And and he laid out some chairs that he slept on and just had a blanket and cans that he would burn for fire, just barely getting by and just surviving. But Precious gave him a place to stay and an income so he can save, right? Even if it's not a lot, he he was so very grateful for that. We had extra money in our fund, and my our girl trip leader had the idea, what if we built him a home? Because we have this extra money, so she contacted the headquarters, and, and they gave us permission to make him a house with actual shelter, and a bed, and, oh, wow. right? and a gas stove, oh and all this food and ingredients, because he liked to cook, and he used to be a cook, a chef. It was so cool because it was a surprise. We told him it was a tool shed that we were building down there. <laughs> but but then Jess brought him out and we wrote him notes and hung him up on the walls. And he came back from running an errand and we were like, surprise, Enos, welcome home. And he was just praising the Lord, having 
he just was so full of joy and giving us hugs and jumping on his bed. And it was like, <laughs> it was the coolest experience ever. It was such a blessing for us, especially to have that extra money in our fund. And that Jess was so inspired to have that idea to, to build him a home so that he could have a place that protected him from the weather. And, but yeah, it was, that was probably my favorite part of the trip. What a miraculous time for Anus to come home mm-hmm. and to come home. Right. How did you build it? Did you build it out of, I mean, how did you get a structure? Mm-hmm. We did the foundation. Me and some of the other kids were working on the foundation while they were working on the health clinic itself. They as in some other kids. And then we didn't know how to construct the house itself. So the other workers on the site helped out with that and they they actually constructed the house itself but it was I think it's just made out of wood so it was I mean a huge upgrade for him but also pretty easily put together so so yeah but it was cool that the other construction workers were down for that too they were just like yeah let's totally do that for Enos isn't that so cool yes yeah so you see the positive imprints just go around yeah and they just keep going yeah it makes you really realize Mm -hmm. that the good people in the world are everywhere Mm -hmm. and you met so many of them and you were a part of it it was so fun oh my gosh (laughs) thank you for having me here today just so i can remember all these things and talk about them well your positive imprints are important because one of the things with my podcast is to help others become inspired to activate their own positive imprint Mm -hmm. but also to get the word out to people that regardless of where our world is with all of the turmoil, Mm -hmm. there's so much good that's happening. And you are one of them, and I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. So are you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Daphne. Of course. (laughs) So, Daphne, what are your plans after graduation? I am working on my mission papers to go serve a mission and just serve people. I'm just ready to love and and serve people and help them out and make them feel appreciated and accepted and try and give goodness to them. So, and the experience that I had through humanitarian XP in Zimbabwe really did solidify that for me, that I want to go help people and serve people. So I am putting my availability date on August 28th, and then we'll see after that, probably college afterwards. But right now I'm super focusing on on going on a church mission and just going to help people. As you know, we always end with last inspiring words. Daphne. Okay, um, I would say... The people of Zimbabwe were a great example to me of generosity and gratitude even when they had so little. So I would say be generous with your time and your resources to others and to just love them. Everyone just wants to be accepted and loved in your community and and with people that you don't know, whether that be a smile or or going to help someone if it looks like they're carrying a lot of things, just offering to help them out or or doing something big like a humanitarian experience or whatever you're comfortable with and going even going out of your comfort zone because that's the best way to do it as I have learned going out of your comfort zone and being generous and because generosity really does bring back gratitude the big thing that I've learned so 
Daphne, thank you so much for sharing your positive imprints here on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Next week, Jean-Paul from France joins the show. And then in two weeks, my wonderful mom, Victoria, returns to the show with her Mother's Day positive imprints. Your positive imprint. What's your P.I.?